Push, push. Come on. Come on, y'all. Look at that power. This is insanity. Come on, y'all. Come on, come on, y'all. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. Take with me. I'm right here. You can do it. physical exercise. Anybody excited about that? Okay, good. We're going to talk about spiritual exercise, but let's start with the physical. So if everybody can stand up for me, we're going to do 25 push-ups and 25 <laughs> jumping jacks. Ready? Begin. Okay. Like two people. All right. All right. You guys can have a seat. Before we, uh, before we get into today's message, I want to give a shout out to Pastor Steve and Karen. They are watching our stream today. So can we, can we pan the camera around and let them see everybody? And I want you to zoom in on this handsome guy over here, Joe Johnson. Let them see Joe Johnson over here. Where you at? We got some camera. He's somewhere. There he is. There he is. So we want to say hello to Pastor Steve and Karen as they are enjoying some some R and R over in I don't know where they're at England or. Paris, Italy, I don't know, I get lost over there, so, um, but we are going to talk about digging deeper today, and I, I put up a little video of uh, this guy, his name is Sean T, and uh, he runs this, uh, this program called Insanity, and um, it is, it's a crazy program if you've ever gone through it, or you've seen people that have gone through it, it's nine straight weeks of workouts, six days a week, you, you get to take Sunday off because he believes in the Sabbath. But some of the days that you're working out for a straight hour, and almost every time that, that he works out and he's encouraging you on the video, he's using the phrase, dig deeper. He's encouraging the people that are working out to, to push through and to dig deeper, to go to another level. He's saying, listen, listen, I want you to push through being tired. Push through the pain. Push through the, the lack of desire. He says, push through the puke. Push through. Go to another level. Dig deeper. And as, as these people have gone through the Insanity program, their results have been remarkable. I want to show you a couple of results here, if we can show those on the screen. We've got a before and we've got an after. Let's see the next one. Before and after. Go ahead. Before and after. I didn't want to put my photo up there because I didn't want to embarrass anybody. Another before and after. And one more. Before and after. You see some crazy results of these individuals that were pushing through, that they were digging deeper. Their body changed. They lost some weight. They got toned. They developed endurance. Their mindset changed. What they didn't think they could do, now they know they can do. Where it was doubt, now it becomes reality. And you know what? People began to notice them. 
If you lose all of that weight and you get toned and ripped and you're endurance, you have endurance and all that, people are going to begin to notice. So I want to relate the, the, the physical digging deeper to spiritually digging deeper. See, Sean T., he always uses the phrase, dig deeper in a physical level, and that's important. But like I said earlier, God wants us to push through to dig deeper at a spiritual level, and that is critical. That is critical. That is something that we need to do. And so we're going to look at that process today. And just as physically there are going to be different results in your body, there's going to be different results spiritually for you. Your, your, your countenance is going to change when you understand the love of God. Your, your demeanor is going to change. Your mindset is going to change. And listen, people are going to begin to notice, hey, that, that person spends time with Jesus. That person is digging deeper. That person is going to a whole other level. But it starts, it, before we even get into that, it starts with this. You have got to have a desire to dig deeper. You've got to have a desire to dig deeper. Nobody wakes up and says, hey, yeah, I think I'll go through that Shanti insanity thing. No, they have that desire because they understand that it takes commitment. It takes determination. It ta it's tough. But if you go through it, it's going to be worth it. If you want to dig deeper spiritually, you've got to make up your mind and you've got to have that desire because it's not always easy. It takes commitment. It takes determination. But I promise you it's going to be worth it. We need to develop this thing that I call a holy hunger. We need to be hungry for the Lord, hungry for Him, hungry for His ways, hungry. We need to get hungry for Him. We need to crave Him. And so I want to look at the Word today because the Word is the only way that we're going to get through the process. The Word is the only way that we're going to be able to dig deeper. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 12. And it says this. I don't mean that I'm exactly what God wants me to be. I have not yet reached that goal, but I continue to reach it and make it mine. That's what Christ Jesus wants me to do. It is the reason he made me his. Brothers and sisters, I know that I still have a long way to go, but there is one thing I do. I forget what is in the past and I try as hard as I can to reach the goal before me. I keep running hard toward the finish line to get the prize that is mine because God has called me through Christ Jesus to life up there in heaven. All of us who have grown to be spiritually mature should think this way too. And if there's any of this that you don't agree with, God will make it clear to you. But we should continue following the truth we already have. Let's pray. God, we are thankful for your presence in this place. We are thankful for what you have already done around these altars. And so, God, I pray today that right now that you would open up our hearts, open up our ears to receive from you. God, I pray that I would get out of the way and that you would speak this morning as we talk about digging deep. We thank you and we give you praise. Amen. Amen. Here in this portion of scripture, Paul is telling us that you've got to dig deep. You need to go to another level. You need to realize that you have not arrived. You need to continue to press on, continue to, to say, God, what is it that you want me to do? Where can I go now? That's what Paul's reminding us. And there are a couple of steps that I want to give you that is going to help you, that's going to help you to dig deep. It's going to help you to take your relationship with God to a whole nother level. Step one to digging deep is this. You've got to kill the wrong things. You've got to kill the wrong things. As a, uh, as a, a kid, I grew up in church, and so I went to camps, and I went to conventions, and we had incredible altar times, 
and the power of the Holy Spirit would move, and, and it was great, and I remember leaving the altars, and, and I just wanted to set the world on fire. You know, I wanted to read my Bible 20 hours a day, and I wanted to pray, and I wanted to witness everybody, and I wanted to, you know, just anoint everything, and, I, you know, I just wanted to do that. I wanted to set the world on fire, but then it seemed like that I would run into a brick wall. I would be all pumped and excited, but boom, I'd hit a brick wall, and that brick wall was a sin issue. That brick wall, it kept sneaking up. As much as I would want to get rid of it at the altar, as much as I, I would feel the conviction of the power of the Holy Spirit, and I would give it to him, I kept hitting the brick wall. I would go on Sunday, I would go on Wednesday, feel convicted, go and pray. I would have people, you know, uh, anoint me with oil and throw tissues at me, and then I would cry, and I would do all of these things, and I would get up. But then I would notice that Sunday afternoon, or Wednesday night after that experience, I would hit the brick wall again. I would mess up. Or I would mess up the next day. And it, this cycle, I couldn't get past this cycle. And what I found is this cycle, me, me continue to hit this cycle, it hindered me from digging deeper. It hindered me from going forward in God. And I found this verse, these verses in Romans chapter 7. And it says this, um, I don't do the good that I want to do. I do the evil that I don't want to do. So if I do what I don't want to do, then I'm really the one doing it. It is the sin living in me that does it. It is the sin that lives in me that does it. The wall that we hit, the brick wall that we hit, it's something from inside. It's something that's living in us. And that's why I say if we're going to dig deeper, we've got to kill the wrong things. We've got to kill the thing, kill the sin that's in us. Kill the distraction. So that we can dig deeper. And see, I want to tell you that it's put there by ourselves. The enemy has his ways, but we put things in our own life that hinder us. In James chapter 1, it says, let no one, verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. But each one, listen, but each one is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. We hit the brick wall, we complete, we run through the cycle, and you know what? It's because there's something in us that we need to kill. It's because there's something in us that is dragging us down. It's our own desire, and God wants us to kill it. He wants us to kill the wrong things out of our lives so that we can dig deeper, so we can go further in Him. And see, we've got to be aware that maybe the brick wall that you hit is because you have something in you that you need to get rid of. Maybe the brick wall, the cycle that you continue is because you've got something that your own desire that you need to say, God, I want to be so full of you that there's no room for me. There's no room for my desire. See, the enemy is, uh, he is, he's a smooth operator. He is sneaky. He's a smooth operator. And this is where I was going to sing smooth operator. You guys know that song? Okay. I was going to sing, but then I decided that I didn't. I didn't want an American Idol contract or anything, so I better not sing that. <laughs> but see, the enemy is a smooth operator. He knows exactly what buttons to push, when to push them. See, he's not going to go up to your door and knock. That's a weak knock, but yeah, he's not going to knock on the door, and he's not going to say, hello, my name's the devil. I have come to infiltrate your life. I've come to distract. He's not going to do that. No, he's going to push buttons. He's going he's gonna to entice you. He's going to do sneaky things to, to have these, these brick walls come up in your life so that you continue to hit them. We have to be aware. We have to be aware. And everybody's buttons are different. My button's different than Mike's button. 
Everybody's buttons are different, and, and the enemy knows exactly when to push him and how to push him. And so we've got to be aware. We've got to be aware of his tactics. And we need to do something called a self-evaluation. Now, nobody likes self-evaluation. They don't want to look deep within and, and recognize that they may have some issues. But we need to do that. We need to say, God, is there anything in my life that is living that it shouldn't be? Is there anything in my life that is hindering me from digging deeper? We need to say, Holy Spirit, I want your conviction. Holy Spirit, convict me so that I can make it right, so that I can get deeper with you. Are you, are you connected here? Are you awake? Now make sure you're awake. This is, this is decent stuff here. <laughs> and see, not only will the Holy Spirit come and convict you, but the Holy Spirit will also send people. He'll send people that love you and people that support you to come alongside of you and just say, hey, you know what? I've noticed this. And how can I pray for you? How can I help you? Uh, how can I help you beat this? How can I help you overcome this? He'll send people. He'll send pastors. He'll send parents. He'll send, send mentors and teachers. He'll send those people to, alongside us to, to help us. And when people come alongside us and, and, and point out something, we instantly get all riled up and like, how dare they? But maybe, just maybe, God is using that individual who loves you and cares for you to show you something so that you can go to another level, so that you can deal with it and go to another level. See, because if we don't deal with it, if we don't kill it, then it's going to grow. It's going to grow. Um, right outside our, our bedroom, we have this patio area. And me and this patio, we have a love-hate relationship. And I love it when it's nice and clean and uh, there's no dust and there's no, you know, cats and there's none of that stuff. That's around. But I hate it when it is a mess. And we have this, this plant. It is mint. Anybody grow mint? I think mint is of the devil. I think the plant of mint is just of the devil because I went in there and, and I was digging it up and I thought I got to the root of it and so I could get rid of it so we could plant some flowers and then some mint came back up. So I do it again and then it came back up. And now, you know, I've just given up. The mint's going to win. You know, I can't kill the thing. And so you look at my backyard, my little patio area. The mint is like seven foot tall and it's ready to eat us when we go out there. I don't know how to kill it properly. And that just reminds me, if we don't kill something properly in our own lives, it's just going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to grow. And that's dangerous. It'll overtake your patio. It'll overtake your life. There was a world record sent or, or made in September, on September 5th in 1991. It was the longest tapeworm ever removed from a human. 37 feet. 37 feet. Do you have that glorious picture? Look at that. 37 feet. Listen, that tapeworm that made the record book, it didn't start out at 37 feet. It started out small. But because it wasn't killed, it grew. The same thing is true with you and with me. If we don't kill those things that, that are enticing us, kill those things that, that are holding us back, it'll continue to grow. And we won't dig deeper. We've got to. We've got to. So how do we kill it? First thing, we, we, we just got to receive the, the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. When we say, God, convict me, get rid of those things, he's so faithful that he'll do that. But the problem is, is we don't listen. He'll show us things, but we don't want to deal with it. We need to be willing to deal. Deal with those things that he's showing us. We need to admit to him. Say, God, I see this in my life, and I want to get rid of it. We need to ask God to forgive us. 
And you know what? When we do that, he's so faithful. He'll forgive us of our sins. He's so faithful to be right there when we call upon his name. You know, Isaiah 58, 9. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here am I. Every single time we call upon him, he's going to be right there. I don't know about you, but every single day I need to evaluate and I need to say when I wake up in the morning, God, is there anything that's living in me that's inappropriate? Is there anything that's living in me that's hindering me? Because I want to dig deep. I want to get into another level with you. I want to go further. I want to go deeper with you. We've got to kill the wrong things. Step two is we've got to refresh the right things. We've got to refresh the right things. Back to our camp convention experience. You know, we go down, we get prayed for, set on fire. And then after that, we, we end up reading our Bible like never before. We pray like never before. We're, we're praying in tongues and we're witnessing and we're doing all of the right things. But then we've hit the wall and then we get lazy and then we, be, we stop doing those things. We stop doing those things. What we need to be doing is we need to ask God to refresh the right things. Refresh the right things in us. Because they're there. Psalms 51.10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. See, when we ask God, we come to the altar and we say, God, would you get rid of those things? What he's doing is he's scrubbing our heart clean. But the back part of that verse says to renew a right spirit, to refresh a right spirit. It's already there. We just need refreshing. We just need refreshing. We get stale. We get lazy. We get dried out. We need God to refresh us. And he is so faithful to do that. He's so faithful. Now, I, I am not a, um, obviously, I told you about the mint. I am not a plant person. I don't understand plants. I don't know the, the names of plants. And, and Pastor Steve, when we go to Home Depot to buy these flowers and plants and stuff for um, Easter, He'll go in there and he'll name all these plants and he'll 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 know all all the the backstory of all these plants. He's he's like a, a he's the plant whisperer. He knows all this stuff. And uh, I'm like I don't even know the difference between a daffodil and a and a daisy and I don't know those things. But I do know this that if you don't water a plant, it's going to get wilted. It's going to get dried out. It's gonna it's going to wilt. It's going to look tired. I want to show you. This is how I would take care of a plant. This is how it would end up being. But this is what it should be. This is the same plant, only the difference is, is this one has been watered. This one has been refreshed. Potted plant, it needs water. There are some, listen, there are some potted Christians in the church. Now, not, not this church. I'm just saying in the church in general. There are some potted churches that they're just sitting there. They're wilted. They're dried out. They look tired, just like this plant. It hasn't grown. It hasn't matured. It hasn't done anything. We can get that same way. We become a dry, wilted, potted Christian. And we need to say, God, refresh me. God, would you give me a drink of water? God, would you, would you use your Holy Spirit to come down and to refresh? That's what we need. There's not time to be a potted Christian. There's not time to have a potted church. It's time that we get refreshed. It's time that we get renewed. It's time that we be watered, church. 
All of those promises that God gave to you, it's time to resurrect them. All of the gifts that the Lord has entrusted to you, it's time for you to use them. All of the talents that, that the Lord has given you that you've tucked away, it's time to untuck. It's time to get watered. It's time to be refreshed because the Lord needs us to be refreshed. It's not time to be a potted Christian. It's not time to be wilted. For the wilted, we need to be refreshed. For the dried out, we need to be rejuvenated. For the tired, re-energized. For the hidden things, it's time to be revealed. Am I speaking to anybody today? We need refreshing. We need the Holy Spirit to come and say, God, I'm dry. dry. God, I'm wilted. God, I need you. I'm a potted plant, but refresh me today. Refresh me today. Because he needs us. He needs us to do our job. He needs us to get out there and to show the love of Christ to people. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is the refresher. John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And check this out. And bring to your remembrance all that I have said. He's going to bring back. He's going to refresh all of those things that he's already showed you, that he's already done in your life. He's going to refresh them. It's the Holy Spirit. He wants to refresh us. One of the most devastating things to hit a Christian, one of the most devastating things to hit a church is lack of passion, is lost passion. It's dangerous. And unfortunately, it, it hits our churches. It, it hits our Christians. We've lost our passion. We've lost our passion for ministry. We've lost our passion for worship. We've lost our passion for the lost. We've lost our passion for people. We've lost our passion to dig deep. It's time that we get rejuvenated. It's time we get refreshed. It's time that we take our passion and say, God, refresh my passion for you. We've lost our passion. Let it not be said of you. Let it not be said of La Palma Christian Sitter. May it be said that we are a refreshed church. We're a refreshed church. We are a passionate church with passionate ministry, with passionate people. Let it be said of us. See, refreshing is such a big deal. The, the water goes to the plant and the plant is renewed. Refreshing is a big deal. Those of you with a pool, you know that maybe at the end of a hot day or a long day of work and you take a dip in that pool. I wish I could do that right now. It's kind of hot. But you take a dip in that pool. Isn't it refreshing? It, re it refreshes you. Uh, Starbucks, they are making a killing on their refreshing, refresher drinks. You know, you go in the middle of the afternoon and you get this refreshing drink and all of that. They're making a killing on They understand the, the importance of refreshing. How about your computer? It gets stale. It gets dry. It gets old. And, and, and it doesn't want to work. But if you restart it, if you refresh it, your phones, if you refresh it, then it begins to work properly. The same way is, is true for us. We just need refreshing. We just need renewed. We, we need rejuvenated. I want you to write this down. Refreshed Christians make a refreshed church, and a refreshed church changes the world. Refreshed Christians make a refreshed church, and a refreshed church changes the world. It's time that we change the world. It's time that we change the world, and we do that by being refreshed. We do that by calling upon the Holy Spirit. In our text, opening text in Philippians the last part of it says, all of us who have grown to be spiritually mature should think this way too. And if there is any of this that you don't agree with, God will make it clear to you. But check this out. But we should continue following the truth we already have. We've got to continue it. We've got to continue it. We just need refreshing. 
We just need God to, to pour out a fresh fire, a fresh wind. And he'll do that when we ask. That's how we're going to go to another level. That's how we dig deeper when we say, God, I need you to refresh the right things. Kill the wrong things. Refresh the right things. And step three is this. We need to be willing to develop new things. Develop new things. That's the third step to really digging deep into your relationship with God. See, God is, he's got so many things that he wants to deposit into you, that he wants to deposit into me. I picture God like this. He's up in heaven, and he's got his arms wide open, and all in his arms, he's got love, he's got anointing, he's got wisdom, he's got talents and gifts. And, and here's the thing. He doesn't need any of it. What does God need wisdom for? He's all-knowing. What does God need anointing for? He's perfect. What does God, God doesn't need any of the things that are in his hand. What he needs is to deposit them into his people so that we can develop new things, so that we can do new things for the kingdom of God. We've got to be willing to say, okay, God, whatever's in your arms, I want that. I want that. Develop new things in me. He developed new things in his disciples. In Acts chapter 2, verse, starting verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it fell, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, what is happening here is God is up in heaven and he's got his Holy Spirit up in his arms. And he's just waiting to deposit it. He's waiting to put it into people, a new, something new, something that they've never experienced before. And the disciples, they were up there and they were waiting. See, they had a desire to receive this. That's what it boils down to. You and I, we have to have a desire to receive new things from God. And so they, God listened to them and God gave them and deposited new things in them. And, and they did. And the world was forever changed because of that day. The world was forever changed because the power of the Holy Spirit came into the disciples. And can I tell you that the disciples were forever changed that day. See, when we pray and we say, God, I want new things. I want you to develop new things in me. When we pray that and he deposits those into us, the world can change just like it did then. You will be changed just like the disciples will be. But it takes you having a desire. I started this whole message by saying that, that you've got to have a desire to dig deeper. You've got to have a desire. You've got to have a desire to say, God, I want new things. Develop new things in me. Unlock new things in me. Show me new things. And God's so faithful. And again, his arms are so full that he's just ready to deposit. He's just ready to give it out. Can I tell you this morning... That everything in God's arms is valuable. Everything that he has, has value. So when he deposits that into you, it has value. So he's not just going to give it out haphazardly. Yeah, you take a little anointing, you take it a little love. and you He's not going to do that because he has value. There's value in, in gifts. And so he wants to make sure that they're going to use the gifts, use the talents to bring him glory, to bring him honor. So he's not just going to do that. He's looking for people that generally want to have a new experience. He's looking for people that says, okay, God, I want what you have. I want new things. I want to be stretched. I want to move into different levels with you. That's what he's looking for. He's going to give it out to people that he can trust. Can he trust you with anointing? 
Can he trust you with talents? Can he trust you with gifts? Can he trust you? He's looking for people that he can trust to give out his gifts. God, let it be said of me that you can trust me. God, let it be said of La Palma Christian Center that you can trust us with your gifts, with your talents, and pour it out into us. New things. New things. My prayer is that God would give it just a spirit of creativity. If I'm spitting on you, I'm sorry. That God would give us a spirit of creativity that we can minister to this lost and dying world like nobody ever has. Why not? Why not you? Why not us? New things. We have to be willing. He's going to give them out to new to people that have that desire, that want that. I want you to go to Acts chapter 2 real quick. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And this is not in your notes, so it says this. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and my female servants. In those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. See, God's spirit is in his arms and he's ready to just pour it out. He's looking for willing vessels. He's looking for people to say, you know what, God? I want new things. I want you to do new things in me. I want to be stretched. I want to reach this world for you. I want to do that. He's looking for those vessels. Will you be one of those vessels? Will you be one of those vessels and say, God, bring on the new things. It may be scary. I may not know how to do it, but bring on the new things. This is a huge part of going to a new level. It's a huge part. And too many times, we allow fear to stop us from new things. We allow fear to stop us. A few weeks ago, probably a couple months ago now, uh, Pastor Steve called me in his office and he said, hey, I want to, do you want to be, he, he started the sentence with this, do you want to be stretched? And I'm always, yeah, I want to be stretched. I want to do something new. And he said, um, there's, there's a family member of our school and, and they, they lost their child. Would you do the funeral? And, uh, and I said, uh, <laughs> I've done like two funerals. And I didn't know the people. They just called upon, called upon the pastor and one of the pastors, and I just, I did it. But see, this family member is like a distant family of our school, and so we were connected. They was connected via the school, and so I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to minister to this family, and I didn't know what I was doing. And and Pastor C said, "I'll, I'll help you, but be willing to be stretched." And I instantly had this fear come over me because I didn't, it's so sensitive and I didn't want to say the wrong thing and I didn't want to do the wrong thing. And, and, but I, I went to the, the family's house and I sat there and I just got to minister to them. I just got to pour out God's love on their lives. And can I tell you that I was so fulfilled. Even in their darkest time, I was fulfilled. But because I got to minister God's love to a hurting family. But see, I almost missed that because it's something new. I almost missed it because I've never done it before. How many things do we miss because we're fearful of it being new? Because we're fearful that we don't know what to do. Can I tell you today that we need to push past the fear and dig deep. Say, God, new things, bring it my way. Bring it my way. Because at the end of the day, check this out. God has got your back. He's with you. He's with you. As I was ministering to that family, I was talking. I didn't even know the words that were coming out of my mouth. 
Because God had my back. New things, God will have your back. So we need to say no to fear. No to fear. Say, God, I want new things. And then don't be afraid when he gives you new things. Don't be afraid of it. Say, God, I, I want you to unlock new things in me. Then don't have fear when he does unlock new things. When you say, God, I want you to stretch me any way that you see fit, don't be afraid when he begins to stretch you in any way that you don't see fit. See, early on in, in our ministry, Sonny and I, we developed and we, we adopted this phrase that, God, we will go anywhere and we will do anything as long as you're with us. Because we didn't want fear to stop us. God, I'll go anywhere and I'll do anything that you want as long as you're with us. And so God took us from, from Indiana to Tulsa. And we didn't know anybody in Tulsa. I didn't, know, I didn't know what I was doing in Tulsa. But God used us. And then he took us from Tulsa to a little country town like with 24 people in it or something. A small town. And it didn't make sense. But we knew God was in it. And then God took us from this little small town to here. And I'm so grateful that he did. But see, listen, it's that prayer that says, God, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything that you want to do as long as you're with me. So you have to adopt that because if you don't, then you will have fear that will sneak up into your life and, and, tack, and tack you down. Yeah. They'll drag you down. They'll drag you down. Almost every episode of Insanity Program with Sean T. He says, I want, I want you to dig deep. He says, I'm right there with you. Dig deep. Push through. Go to another level. Push your physical body to the max. I think God says that to us. He's saying, dig deeper. Go to another level. Push your body to the max. Push your spiritual body to the max. Can you hear it? He's saying dig deeper, but can you hear it? He's saying to the super spiritual saints, and you know who you are. He's saying dig deeper. He's saying to the new believer that this may be the first time that you've accepted Christ. He's saying dig deeper. He's saying to the person that's on the fence of whether they're going to believe Jesus or not, they're going to believe this church thing or not. He's saying dig deeper to every pastor, to every youth leader, to every board member, to every student, to everyone. He's saying dig deeper. All of us need to dig deeper. All of us need to go to another level. It's a matter of hearing his voice and saying, okay, God, I'm willing. I'm willing to dig deeper. Give me the desire to dig deeper. I want you to bow your heads this morning. Father, I thank you today for your word. God, I pray that that you would put the desire in our hearts right now, that you would put the desire to dig deep into every student, into every adult, into every grandparent and grandmother and father and aunt and uncle, into each and every one of us, God. Put that desire in us to dig deeper, to go to another level spiritually with you. Maybe today that God's giving you that desire, but he's revealing things to you that you need to kill some things. You need to kill the wrong things. In order to dig deep, you've got to kill the wrong things. If that's you, I'm not going to ask you to come forward here. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you need to kill some wrong things this morning, would you stand?
see you see every individual that's standing God you see exactly what they need to kill you see exactly those those desires father God that may be getting in the way of digging deeper in a relationship with you God I pray today that you would begin to wipe them out that you would cleanse them God that you would kill those wrong things take away those desires God take away those desires Maybe you need to refresh the right things. You've gotten lazy. You've lost your passion. Today is a day that you can refresh the right things. If you need to refresh some right things, I want you to stand to your feet. God, you see. You see how we need to refresh. God, would you refresh us today? Holy Spirit, even now, would you open up heaven and would you begin to pour out onto your people? Would you begin to pour out onto all of those who stood, God? All of those that are standing in the gap, all of those that are standing right now, that are saying, refresh me. Holy Spirit, would you refresh them? Would you renew them? Would you rejuvenate them, God? Re-energize them today. Take them to new levels because of a refreshing. Holy Spirit, overwhelm them today with a refreshment. Water us today, God, that we may not be potted Christians, that we may not be a potted church, but refresh us. Today, if you want to say, God, I want to do new things for you, I want you to stand. I want to do new things for you. God, take away any fear, develop new things in me. I want you to stand. God, you see those that want to push away fear that want to develop new things in you. God, would you push the fear back and would you begin to release all that's in your arms into your people. God, that we may be able to do new things for you. That we may be able to show this world your love. God, would you set us on fire for you. God, would you take us to another level. There's no place that I'd rather be no place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. Here in your love, here in your love. No place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. Here in your love, here in your love. Love, here in your love, yeah, there's no 
Throughout the week, through the next months, and just for the rest of our lives, to keep 